Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature in a honeybee sanctuary and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. Welcome to this week's podcast. Happy Canada Day, Memorial Day, whatever you're celebrating or just life. Celebrate today. Exciting week on the farm. We had a... Um, a swarm right off our video hive and I put it on Instagram and I didn't uh, I didn't use um, you know speed it up at all or anything it's simply as it happened I, I did find the clip of where it actually happened I've, I've been recording for a while the video entrance because I knew that uh, they were going to swarm um, and when I saw the some of the bees doing waggle dances on the pile in front of the hive it was kind of obvious they were getting ready to go so were able to catch that swarm and within about I'd say a minute minute and a half to two minutes they were gone don't know where they went yet we'll keep hunting but uh, the the group that stayed are working hard and and moving on and uh, it's exciting to see the swarm remember this hive was split I took five of the ten frames to start another hive uh, in the spring and about five weeks later they swarmed which is uh, pretty exciting so a bit of this and that today, uh, and I wanted to get it out today before the Monday holiday. So the first has to do with the insulation factor. I've learned a little bit more about um, the area above the inside cover. So if you, um, if I use wood shavings, um, the R factor is considered, I think, just over one for insulation. But I was able to find wool raw and processed wool from a from a shepherd and that has 400 percent better insulation value so we're going to do a test i've got uh, two and a half pounds i'm going to figure out how many hives i can protect with two uh, with a pound of uh, wool and uh, see how they survive because remember most of the heat loss goes through the top of a hive and if we can give them that assistance and also help them with balancing the climate control throughout the year, that would be pretty exciting. So those are, that's some, well, I'll be doing a, another couple of weeks, I'll be doing a video on that as I add them to the hives and, and you'll see what I'm talking about. The, the five and five, so the nukes with the five above have a very uh, narrow inside cover. So it's going to be, uh, regardless, it's going to increase the insulation factor by 400% by using wool. So I'm pretty excited about that. The thing that, you know, I keep seeing is this tough summer we're having. We, we have, um, in Ontario, there's um, smoke again all across Quebec, Ontario, all west as well, and in parts of America. The East Coast has been spared so far from this because of the uh, nature of where the fires are and the wind currents, but that could happen. I mean, who knows? I think we're probably all being impacted by this. Again, I've watched the bees and been around them, and I think they're a little itchier, a little more on edge, obviously. But they're still going out and working. So maybe it has to do with the concentration of smoke. Uh, when we use smoke to calm them or get them preoccupied and, and sort of you know, cut down the pheromone levels so they can't communicate that there's an imposter or an intruder uh, messing with them. The concentration of that smoke is obviously much higher than what's happening in the atmosphere, but it's still not great. So 
It'd be interesting to see. We do grab a little bit of honey soon. I wonder if the honey has a smoky flavor or not. And what does that mean? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I just had a conversation, a random conversation with a beekeeper in this area who really was struggling with some questions and but was afraid to really go on any social media and didn't want to really, you know, get out there because she was concerned about the punitive nature of the, you know, the government regulation of beehives. And I, I'm getting a little concerned about some of the provinces where they seem to be totally bought into the um, pesticide antibiotic route for varroa mites. I've had conversations with one uh, through email and, you know, I simply sent research, asked about um, how would they explain the Cuba outcome? And if you if you remember, I talked a great deal about that on previous podcasts, where Cuba for 20 years has not had any treatment that was legal for for honeybees. So they, they totally stopped all treatment, and they have the largest uh, treatment-free population of bees apparently in the world. Um, that's also being done in um, Texas. The, I believe they're called the Bee Weaver Organization, has well over a thousand commercial hives, never been treated according to their claims. And Dr. Seeley's work, S-E-E-L-E-Y, of the forests around Ithaca, New York, where he discovered and continued to monitor uh, feral bee colonies who were quite vigorous without any treatment and they had been around for a very long time. Now, the concern seems to be that year or two when you experience significant losses, which we're about to do this winter. Um, the only hope is we have enough bees survived that we can continue to split and enough of them will adapt and be able to uh, go on treatment free. This is our second year of treatment free. And so we're, we're now just for uh, coincidence, not coincidence, but just for interest sake, we did do I treated some bees with Formac, I believe it was four hives and uh, about three hives with Thymol. And those are the hives that experienced the greatest losses. We lost five hives over the winter into the early spring. Now we lost two hives in the spring when we had that cold front. If you remember, we had flowers and pollen, everything was great. And then we got hammered with, I think, three or four days of cold weather that took some bees out. But my point is, I don't think it really matters. Um, in the long run, I mean, I think it does if you're treatment free, because I think that's the way to go. But if you um, think of the rates of uh, disease and, and if the bees aren't allowed to adapt, you're obviously going to have a problem. So it, it continues to be a conflict. If you bring it up in some provinces, they consider it illegal to be treatment free. In other provinces, they shun you. And then the treatment free folks don't like you. For example, I asked about... Um, I was going to post about the infrared project and it was like they didn't post it. They said it was not fitting with their guidelines because I didn't have enough literature to support it. So I sent them um, that and I don't know what happened. They never responded. And then I posted, uh, I was going to post the swarm where we had that one and a half minute because I thought that was quite educational. And they said they don't allow um, posting of self-promotion items. So I just thought to myself, you know what? This is just too much work. And uh, some people are in their box and they don't want to look outside the box. And that's a real problem with many things, not just beekeeping, but in beekeeping itself, because we, we need to look outside of what we're doing because it's not working. And we need to look at what could work.
so that's that's that brief uh, brief thing on on some closet beekeeper out there that uh, out there there's many of them that don't want to tell anybody what they're doing and some of them have solutions and yet they're afraid to share them not just because of, not so much because of any provincial you know inspector but they don't want or state inspector they don't want to share it because some of the beekeeping folks are brutal like just brutal if you don't agree with them they go after you and it's just it's it's reminds me of like grade three at recess so my response you know when people have challenged on on this idea i said well that's fine i, I understand that but how do you explain cuba I haven't had a good explanation yet. I haven't had a good explanation of what happened in New York. And, and then I found out, as I've discussed, that we have feral bees across the road from us on the farm in the forest that people have said they've watched for years uh, living in trees. So I've asked in one province, could we do a census and find out how many bees are living out there in the forest? And I didn't get a response. And I think it's when you don't get a response and people aren't willing to open up their minds to look at this. Um, and we need to do that to really help um, the bees move forward. So again, have an amazing Canada Day, um, July 4th, whatever you celebrate. If you don't have a special day, celebrate anyway, because it's, uh, it's great to be out there and be able to do these kinds of things and maybe make a difference in the planet someday. Have a great one. Talk soon. To learn more about how honeybees can help you in your investing and personal life, go to investlikeahoneybee.com. There you'll learn how listening to the honeybees helped us in so many ways and can help you. Investlikeahoneybee.com.